Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Lucas. And we are two aspiring filmmakers making unnecessary commentary on famous movies. Each week, we will randomly select a film to analyze, discuss, and review. We will select the film at the end of each podcast, so you will have ample time to watch the movie before the next episode. We are slightly qualified film students. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Slightly Qualified Film Students. Yes. This week, going to take a look at The Shape of Water, um, Guillermo del Toro's romance, fantasy, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, it's film a, from 2017. It's like an adult fairy tale. Um, yeah. Very, yeah, it's like a romantic thriller, fantasy it's like a mix of a mm-hmm. bunch of genres. Um, it's very weird. Very One best odd picture. Film. Yeah, uh, best a few picture. Years back, twenty seventeen, and best director too. I think. Yeah, he also picked up best director. It also got best production design, which it definitely deserved, and best soundtrack, mm-hmm. which also I think it definitely deserved. Um, mm-hmm, for sure. We got. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 I I had a I have a little bit of bias against this film just because um, it won Best Picture, and I, I thought there were quite a few films from 2017 that may have deserved Picture over The Shape of Water. Nothing against this film because 2017 was a like fantastic year for film. We had some really incredible films that year. I mean, The Shape of Water is still definitely like in my top hundred films of all time. It's just like mm-hmm. there's three films from uh, 2017 that are above it. Uh, Call Me By Your Name, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and um, Get Out. That I feel you know might have yeah might have been better Get best Out picture winners. It's kind of weird though. I don't think Get Out is yeah. necessarily best picture worthy. I mean, um, but I am yeah. happy. I'm happy that it got recognition at the Oscars because it's kind of an obscure film from yeah. Jordan Peele, and it picked up best original uh, screenplay, which was crazy. Way it well deserved. Yeah, Scott, it's very creative. I love Get Out. Yeah, is it on the wheel? It is. It oh no, it's not. It got requested actually. It's uh, mm. next to go on the wheel, I believe. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. I'll pl- um, I got the plot summary plot here, summary. just in case Nice. Uh, nice. you need it. <clears throat> Eliza, a lonely janitor, stumbles upon an amphibious creature that is held captive in a secret research facility. She then develops a unique relationship with the creature. Yes, or yeah. as Guillermo del Toro describes it, woman sleeps with fish. <laughs> that, that, is, that is the film yeah that uh that does happen a few times in this film uh sally hawkins plays eliza mm-hmm. does a really great job it's pretty yes. interesting too she uh obviously is portrays a mute character in the film yeah um but there's still like i feel like you get such a good emotional reaction when watching her yeah um, i mean there's something from, really like, facial expression yeah really impressive about acting with no dialogue like doing it all um physically and through your mm-hmm. eyes and through and your doing face very intimate scenes yeah with no voice exactly and uh, i mean if you think about it our second to main character sort of uh the amphibious man or the fish monster or whatever you want to call it doug jones yeah. doug jones doesn't, doesn't doesn't talk either so we got like basically our the love story within this film or the two main characters in this film don't talk 
and that's that's definitely yeah. risky to i mean this entire film is risky on a, on a, like everything but um yeah it 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 works i mean i think it works honestly it it still stays so captivating too. the film is still entertaining to a certain extent even though you know there's definitely a lot of scenes with minimal dialogue um and yeah i mean i think it's really helmed in by guillermo guillermo del toro's like really strong direction of this film i definitely think he deserved yeah. best director it may have not deserved best picture in my eyes but i think director um, I'm okay with him picking that up because I think he really did a good job um, just yeah. just crafting this entire film. Guillermo is such a... Guillermo is like a master of the almost like realism but fantasy kind of movies. Yeah, yeah. Like, you got, you got Pan's Labyrinth, um, which I haven't seen, but I know it uh, is very well received yeah and uh his earlier hellboy stuff i also haven't seen the, i'm not i don't know if i'll watch that no looks i wouldn't bit, <laughs> looks a I bit i would definitely uh, watch pan's labyrinth though pan's labyrinth is iffy. similar to the shape of water in it's like tone and it's kind of adult fairy tale kind of vibe um yeah. it's also very like violent and intense while being this kind of mystical fantastical with all these like creepy looking monsters um i think pan's mm-hmm. labyrinth is better than the shape of water on like a storytelling perspective but i think uh the shape of water is guillermo del toro's best film on a technical perspective looking at it through cinematography production design through his like grasp of like just bringing it all together in like the visual aspect i think this film is very beautiful to look at mm-hmm. and um for sure yeah, I think he really paid a lot of close attention to just all of the technical stuff within this film. Um, yeah, and also he did it with. I mean, it has. It's it's not a huge budget. It's twenty million dollar budget, which um, this film doesn't look mm-hmm. like a twenty million dollar budget film. No, I mean we were talking about Silence um, last time, which had a forty million dollar budget, which is double. And Silence was mostly filmed on location where you have the shape of water mostly filming on sets and production design, which tend I mean, to cost a bit more money. Exclusively. Yeah, which tend to pretty cost quite a bit more money. And the production yeah. design is so good in this movie. Um, and yeah, I can't I can't believe all, all of the stuff they did in this film from start to finish with only a $20 million budget, with also having a very talented cast involved with the film. I mean, that that's really... I mean, the thing is, impressive. it's a very amazing set. It is just one building, though, and they do reuse kind of, like, the same four-ish rooms, like, over and over again. Like, just for the... I'm not saying that that's bad, but, like, if you look at the rooms they clean, it's pretty much just the same. Yeah, that's true. But even, like, her apartment and the theater... Yeah, her apartment was... is You gotta have water. And uh, his, like, her her neighbor... um, What's his name? Richard Giles. Jenkins' character, Giles. His apartment, it's crazy. The Even the outside, when she comes out of her apartment down the stairs by the theater, I mean, that's all set, and it's beautiful. And they've recreated this, um, you know, this uh, 1960s, I, I guess, where where is this base? L.A.? Baltimore. Baltimore. So in Baltimore. Yeah, and yeah. then we have even the Cadillac store. That was some, why are we talking about production design right now? We'll get in production design later. Um, we'll get get into that. Yeah. For now, let's do standout scenes. Let's do standout scenes. 
What uh, is yours? What's your standout scene? Oh, I, mine. I, okay, I'll go. I'll yeah, go first. You go first. Oh, God, I got it. Uh, I'm gonna like. I think that my favorite sequence is the uh, when they break out our amphibious creature. Uh, but I think for the sake of looking at it artistically, my favorite scene is the scene where it goes into black and white and Sally Hawkins <laughs> bursts into song and just has like uh, an epic performance oh. with the monster. I don't know why, but I just think that that's like a really cool choice that they decided to do that like random yeah. dance number in the middle of the film. It checks out uh, this too. This film almost has a lot of psychedelic transitions and stuff mm-hmm. uh, throughout the whole thing, and I don't know this this like in any other film this would seem really out of place, but the shape of water is just weird enough yeah. that I feel like it totally fits in, uh, and I just I love that they like were goofy enough to throw that in there. Yeah, um, exactly. I just think it's bold and I appreciate it. So that's my yeah standout scene. I was watching an interview with Guillermo del Toro, and he said, failure and success live next door to each other, and uh, that's very true for this film. He said, you know, he decided mm-hmm. he was just going to take a lot of risks, and I would say most of them paid off in this film, and I think yeah. it, it really is just about how how these characters are written and how heartfelt the movie feels, that even though the concept is very strange, um, it it doesn't feel that strange when you're watching it. And you have so much empathy for her character and you kind of just like, you just, you just accept it and you go with it. And, um, yeah. Like, I think if you read the plot synopsis yeah, without seeing anything, you would be like, what, what is this? Totally. Like, a woman <laughs> falls in love with a fish creature. And she, like she's mute. Like what? Yeah. Guillermo, what are you doing? I, I said but that then this... you watch it and you're like, ah, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's cute. And it's, <laughs> it's, I, I said, it's like a mixture. It's like this perfect mixture between Romeo and Juliet and Free Willy. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like nice. the perfect combination. You got that love, unbinding the love story. The, sea, the, the life Mike, of the sea. M- Michael Shannon is trying to destroy their relationship. And then you got, you know, free, free the, free the fish man. You got that sprinkled yeah. in. Um, yeah. I okay. My 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 standout scene might be really weird, but <laughs> but my standout scene is the actual uh the scene, you know. Yeah. She floods okay. the bathroom and, you know, It we, is a very cool scene. Assume that there is some intercourse going on with Eliza and the fishman, but it's not about that in the reason why I'm choosing this as my standout scene, but the fact that this mm-hmm. scene is approached so delicately and it is just breathtaking to watch. I mean, yeah, flooding her sure. bathroom, the water pouring out of the, all the holes in the door coming into her living room, the going down underneath the floorboards and seeing the water fill up underneath the floorboards and then rain down onto the theater while these people are watching a movie um yeah it's just such a beautiful scene with a gorgeous score in the background and i i really love this scene and i I was trying to think about how they actually did that with all the water and stuff and i found out that guillermo del toro and this is really paying respect to how he was able to do so much with a 20 million dollar budget is he was finding cheats and basically what they did in this scene was there was no water there was no water all the water is cgi 
Yeah. They they filmed it with a bunch of smoke machines to make it look all foggy and smoky. And then they brought in a bunch of really hard fans that were blowing on them so that their faces were distorting and their hair was moving. And then they shot it in slow motion. And then they put it in slow motion and then the CGI water and it looks like they're underwater. And they did that for all the underwater scenes. And I think that's just, that's brilliant. Like, who who thinks about yeah. that? That's, that's such a... That's such a smart way to execute such a beautiful scene with, you know, minimal amount of money. Without actually being able to stick two actors in a tank yeah, exactly. modeled after a bathroom. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, and, I mean, you know, Titanic should take some notes because maybe you didn't need that For big real. of a budget. Um, hmm. I, I, yeah. I know that scene's weird and I know a lot of people. It's a weird scene, but it I think it's just so beautiful. And the fact that it is so weird and yet I, I wasn't, you know, feeling that uncomfortable watching it. I mean, the other scene yeah. for me, I really like a very simple scene, but the scene where she is trying to convince Richard Jenkins to help her save the the fish man <laughs> um, when yeah. she's like she's trying Great to convince him and she's like talking in sign language. And yeah, it's a very simple scene, but that that scene really got to me, and I was like, "Damn, Sally Hawkins, damn." Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those are our standout scenes. Um, okay, we got one audience question. Let's do this. Nice. The audience question the is: question. What is your interpretation of the ending? We get this question a lot. What is your interpretation of the ending of the film? Was it real? Was it all? Like in Richard Jenkins' mind, what 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 is your interpretation of the final uh, you know, stuff? Well, I guess we'll talk about it now. Uh, the I think that what like literally happens in the end, uh, you got. I think that she dies. I think that she gets killed, and then the fishman jumps into the water, and uh, the fishman turning her wounds or her uh, scars into gills is just something that, you know, Richard Jenkins came up with to make him feel yeah, like they had a happy ending. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's kind of what Guillermo del Toro was going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, you have the narration at the start. It's uh, Giles telling the story Yeah. Uh, about, you know, if you ask me what happened at the end, yeah, exactly. what would I say? And then yeah. he's like, well, uh, this her love was surrounded in the shape shape of water Mm -hmm. uh so i think that she dies and then this is just giles's kind of artistic view on how she kind of had a happy ending yeah fell in love and i agree we're fish people that that, yeah that that was my interpretation also i just i don't know because yes um the fish man clearly has some sort of powers to a certain extent but she was already dead. I mean, I don't think he has mm-hmm. the ability to bring someone back to life. Um, yeah, much less transform her into a water-breathing yeah. fish lady. And who has gills. Um, yeah, exactly. I think I agree. I think this was kind of like, and I, I know we we complain about voiceover sometimes, but I really like the voiceovers that mm-hmm. they use Me in this too. film because they only use them for like thirty seconds at the beginning and thirty seconds at the ending. And it it's gives off more of that fairy tale vibe, and it's like, and, and it's not like explicitly telling you what no, happened. No, 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 not like at all. It's like he's a telling metaphor. a story. Yeah, 
Um, it's very similar to Pan's Labyrinth and how Pan's Labyrinth ends and how Pan's Labyrinth is kind of approached. Um, I know you haven't seen it, but it is very similar. Um, and yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, I, that's my interpretation of the ending too. I think maybe not a lot of people get that. I don't know. Maybe people take it too literally, but yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of metaphors there. I think this entire film is filled with metaphors, but, um, yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, well, I guess sure. let's, let's take a quick break and then we'll hop into the actual review. Okay. All right. We are back. We are back. Up and written story oh, yeah. and originality story out of originality. 10%. Out of 10. Um, this well, is a crazy unique and original story it is uh, it is i haven't ever seen like this kind of amphibious romance story uh mm-hmm. before and i i liked guillermo del toro's outlook on it he said that the way he makes films is he 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 uses these fantasy you know these crazy uh very fictitious ideas to right. get across like real world messages is yeah what he says yeah sure so i guess in this case you know it's about feeling accepted and feeling loved even right you know under yeah. whatever circumstances uh and i like that i think it's sweet is this story like the most crazy intricate no mm-hmm. but yeah i think that it's uh, a very unique romance story it's very interesting um and I, I really like the character the characters in this story so yeah yeah i yeah i mean i think it's a very unique film it takes a lot of risks it doesn't hold back on punches i think the final act of this film is very intense and fast-paced and awesome um but yeah i i don't think it's the most like creative film if we're actually looking at like the story progression and the actual like mm-hmm. everything that happens it's fairly f- it feels like a formula it feels like you know something we've seen before just with a very very weird love story involved um but yeah, yeah. i i think it, it like i was saying it's kind of like romeo and juliet meets free willy it does feel like it's following a similar formula uh in a combination of those two films um yeah and some of the characters do feel pretty cliche i would say especially michael shannon his character i'm not saying i think his performance is great and i think the dialogue that's written for him is really great Mm -hmm. but his motivations and his character in general just isn't that unique yeah i can see that just Mm -hmm. evil government bad guy yeah like he kind of plays the same role that he does in a lot of films where he's just like southern accent yeah yeah america number one kind of guy yeah i love michael shannon i do but yeah Yeah. i feel like some characters aren't the most creative in this film yeah that makes sense i i really like giles and i like uh eliza but i yeah i Mm -hmm. do agree michael shannon even octavia spencer they kind of feel like fairly like you know just characters we've seen already many times in films and yeah i think this film can fool you with originality just because of how odd it is but i don't think it is really that original it just has a very unique um you know weird 
love story going on, but the actual like concept of the film and how everything progresses, it's fairly simple, simplistic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I gave it an 8 out of 10 for story and originality. I still think it's pretty strong. I gave it an 8 as well. I, you can't really go that much lower with the film about mm-hmm. a woman, a mute woman falling in love with the fish. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, 8 out of 10. Let's move on 10. to the beginning. Um, I think that the opening like credit scene is some really nice, I guess, CGI. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I think that the actual opening five minutes, uh, not much is said, and well, I mean, pretty much nothing is said, obviously, because she's mute. Yeah. Uh, but I think it sets up her character pretty nicely. Yeah. Um, and you get a taste of some really awesome lighting, some really nice uh, color work, and some nice tracking shots too. Totally. Uh, yeah. But I, you know, I don't think that this is the greatest setup, uh, and it's it's fairly you know boring i guess on rewatch uh yeah i think it's hard to do setup when your main character doesn't talk though so i gotta give him credit um yeah but i I think the opening act to this film is the weakest act and uh kind of shows yeah i like the beginning i mean i really like that opening long shot with dude the music is so good in this film i'm gonna keep saying that but like that opening score with that long shot and her like floating down onto the couch. Um, I, 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 I like the beginning. I, I think that it's it really gives us a lot of information about her character right away. Um, and yeah, without her talking, we get we get to see her morning routine, we see her talk with Giles, we see kind of this whole character dynamic between the two. Um, and it honestly, it's not slow. Like we get to, we get to the monster coming into the place pretty quickly. Like it's, it's pretty, pretty quick how we get there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it may not be the most, um, entertaining of setups, but I think they did a really good job with what the film needed to do and to get us invested in these characters nice and quick so we can get on to the actual like main part of the film. Yeah, and I was going to say, I do appreciate that this film, uh, it doesn't, like, the ending climax of this film isn't them stealing Fishman. That happens yeah. fairly early, I mean, yeah, pretty much like halfway, through, halfway this film. through the film. Yeah. And so that I really like that they get straight to the point. They don't, they don't have this whole, like, f- trying to figure out what it is. It's right. like, boom, right away, you know that it's the fish man. Yeah. And Sally Hawkins is curious. Like, I like that it doesn't waste any time. Yeah. And while that's not in, like, the opening five, ten minutes, mm-hmm. I pretty much boosted up the beginning a little bit just because I respect that. Yeah, I agree. Um, and also cinematography, all that, it definitely really boosts great. it. Yeah. And, the, I mean, the, the theme, oh, yeah. Alexander Desplat oh, can so, have my heart. So beautiful. So beautiful. Um, yeah, I give it a four oh five for beginning. I gave it a four also. Late four, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Solid. Okay, let's move on to ending. ending out of five. Now, I I really do enjoy the final act of this film. I love the violence that occurs. I love how the violence just kinda comes out of nowhere. We've had hints of yeah. violence, but it just goes like crazy in the last bit. Um yeah. with like, you know, pretty graphic violence honestly they're they're showing quite a bit of blood the like 
shootout. Michael Shannon gets his throat, throat slit. slit. Um, you know, uh, Richard Jenkins going randomly double o- <laughs> 007, just knocking him out with that giant piece of wood. Yeah. I mean, I I think this is a really fun um, final act of the film. And yeah, I, I do I like that it leaves, it may not seem like it leaves it open-ended, but it does leave it quite a bit open-ended. Um, and yeah. dude, that final shot of them floating in the water, I mean, it's on so the poster, beautiful. but it goes even wider. And it's just with Richard Jenkins giving his little final monologue over top of it, it, it gave me chills. I mean, it's a really beautiful final shot. Um, yeah. And even though I don't think this I is think, a perfect ending, I think it, it, it really executed the like final minute there. Yeah, I think that it's a very solid ending. I kind of we already gave our thoughts on what we think it means, mm-hmm. uh, but I think you know score is beautiful. The be- the shot is really nice, um, and I do like this narration. I don't feel like it's unwarranted or lazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it almost makes the film more open ended. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, you know, there's no one telling you that this isn't necessarily what happened. But I mean, once you hear that this is kind of from the perspective of what Giles is thinking, it almost makes it more open-ended and you can kind of come to your own conclusion about what actually occur- happened to Eliza and the Fishman. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I gave the ending a 4% out of 5 as well same uh, yeah, four out of really five nice yeah it, it's it's a really sweet ending um yeah i like it okay screenplay and dialogue out of eight um what are your thoughts i i think that the way that guillermo uh and the other writers are able to create a very deep character in eliza without having her say anything um is very impressive to me because you can you can tell like it's almost like she has dialogue she's just not saying it and that's partly the performance but to write a scene uh to like have a clear vision of what you want but you're not actually getting your character to speak and progressing your story is just it's a very hard thing to do and i think guillermo uh del toro and vanessa taylor the the screenwriters pulled it off very nicely yeah, um, and I also yeah. really love some of the dialogue in this. I think that Giles's character is very funny. I think mm-hmm. Michael Shannon's character is hilarious. His dialogue is great. Um, yeah. Even if I don't think he has the deepest character, it's, I mean, some mm-hmm. of the stuff he says is just it's funny. Uh, you also have like these random one-off characters, like the pie guy. Yeah. Uh, sure. Just little funny scenes like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that I, I think that create a better mood for this film. I like um, the whole key lime pie yeah. <laughs> joke. Opens mm-hmm. up the fridge and has yeah. like ten key lime pies in there. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I definitely have problems with this screenplay. I I mean, yeah. I, there's definitely holes and issues with the screenplay, but I think for what it was meant to do, it did it pretty solidly. I think it did really yeah. great job with character development, with making this story feel relatable and real even though it is totally crazy it somehow feels very mm-hmm. personal and um yeah real and that's that's a quite a quite a cool thing to do but i think a lot of that also stems from the performances in this film um 
I mean, my issues with this film are kind of like with story and originality. It just feels kind of too formu- like formulated. It feels like something I've seen before, just with different characters. Um, mm-hmm. There are also just, I feel like, some of the stakes in characters, like we were saying, Michael Shannon, um, even like the guy, I don't know, what's the the spy, the scientist... Fish. Oh, Dimitri. Yeah. I love Dimitri. Yeah, I like his character, but I just think it I is like the kind actor. of... I yeah, like the actor. it's it just feels like, you know, pretty classic. And there's there's just some moments I felt they could have executed a bit better, especially like with the reveal of the fish man. Like the first time we see him, I felt it was kind of like disappointing. I would have liked a bit more of a dramatic reveal if they had written it in a bit more of a dramatic way. It feels like she just walks in and it's like, yeah, there it is. There's the fish man. It's like, oh, okay. You know, (laughs) I would have liked a bit more of a dramatic reveal. I mean, I think this is a solid script, especially with the concept. I really like the risks that it took, but yeah, I just don't think it's insane. I don't think it's that strong, honestly. Yeah. uh, I think that it's you know, I think that I'm just giving it kind of a bit of extra merit just solely based on the fact that Sally Hawkins' character is very deep and very personal without having dialogue. But overall, I gave it a 6% out of 8. Uh, it's definitely not the most crazy, intricate screenplay. It feels like there could have been a much more almost like plot twisty, yeah. creative way that this film could have played out. Uh, but it just kind of didn't. You know, they steal the fish. And then in the last 20 minutes, we get the evil guy trying to get the fish back, and it ends in, like, a shootout. Yeah. Uh, and they do kind of try to, like, interweave, like, the the other half with the Russians. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I just think that they didn't really put enough time into that storyline for yeah. it to, like, fully come to it's, fruition. It's a very forgettable storyline. Like, I, I totally forgot mm-hmm. that was even a part of the film. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I... I totally forgot this even happened like um the michael it shannon feels very convenient yeah yeah it, it does. feels like it's only really there just so that they can to add a bit escape extra with conflict. the fish yeah totally yeah it, I, it just gives them an excuse to like have the keys but then mm-hmm. you, they kind of forget about it and it's just more about sally hawkins love story yeah so, yeah <laughs> yeah i'm I being also, generous with the six i also gave it a six out of eight i don't think it's that bad i mean i think the dialogue really boosts it and the characters but yeah yeah i gave it a six out of eight um okay let's move mm-hmm. on to soundtrack out of seven um i think yeah. the soundtrack kind of carries the dramatic <laughs> and romantic moments of this film <laughs> usually i, I don't anybody else yeah i think if anybody else was on the score other than mr Desplat, it just it wouldn't have been the same it literally would not have Mm -hmm. been the same film i wouldn't have enjoyed it as much it wouldn't have been as entertaining i mean like sometimes i just caught myself like just listening to the score as and barely even like watching the film Mm -hmm. uh it's really beautiful yes Uh, it is yeah what what are your thoughts i mean bro like this this is my probably my favorite like score in a film where it's just you know music Mm. I, I, I just think yeah. it's so beautiful. Um, and usually I don't like an overabundance of music. I usually prefer, you know, don't use music too much, but I was totally okay with it in this film because I think the music is just so good that I don't care. Like, just keep it playing. 
because it's just every yeah. single song not it's not just the theme like every single song in this film just it's so beautiful and even the song selections in this film the like 60s music that they choose uh the songs that she plays on her record player for the Fishman. yeah there's some like really 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 good music in this film um yeah i mean that like the last the final score the theme um yeah the the one where they're they're underwater it's like this more lovelier version of the theme they're just they're just such gorgeous gorgeous pieces and they're not epic by any means they're very like piano and string based they feel very like mm-hmm. rooted yeah. and grounded that's kind of Desplat's style yeah almost. yeah and it um it feels simple but it also feels very um experimental at the same time it's this perfect mixture i think of like haunting and creepy but also being lovely and beautiful and i think that's the perfect tone and vibe of this film um yeah i mean i've listened to the score countless times i uh, it's a easy 707 for me yeah uh i think that this is one of my all-time favorite scores as well uh it's definitely up there but it's not quite my favorite desplat film i think or score I think that the Imitation Game and mm-hmm. the Grand Budapest Hotel are equal, if not the Grand Budapest Hotel, like a bit above this, just because like the character that it has in that film, and also Philomena has a really great score too, mm, done yeah. by him. Sure, and even like something like Argo, uh, right, know, has a pretty mm-hmm. good score too. Uh, he's done so many films. He's done the Danish Girl, mm-hmm. uh, just so much stuff zero dark 30 yeah like he, he's done every wes anderson film since fantastic mr fox this guy is just a legend i'm not gonna lie he's probably my favorite film composer yeah sorry hans zimmer yeah, uh, yeah. easy seven out of seven here easy seven out of seven nice okay let's move into production design production costumes design. costumes and set out of six it's phenomenal it is phenomenal production phenomenal design. I mean, oh my god. Every single every single set is just breathtaking. Yeah. I mean, the place where they keep and the, the fish, the detail. Yeah, even simple stuff like a bus, like the bus she is on, it's gorgeous. It is uh-huh. And every single set feels perfectly fitted to the this, this era. The theater is great. Yes. The apartments are great. Yeah. I yes. Mean, Oh, even even Octavia Spencer's apartment, which we see once mm-hmm. for like two yeah. minutes, has like some personality to it, some flavor. Totally. Uh, if it's cluttered, you know, like mm-hmm. like they really took their time with the production design, and I mean they kind of had to. This film is set in the '60s, so yeah. they had to match that. Yeah. And I mean they had to build a freaking research lab, like mm-hmm. a science fictiony lab, and yeah. I mean. They, they did it and little yeah, like hidden facts too little fun fact the so like the research lab and michael shannon's office you know the office that overlooks this like research area yeah it is the same set used in the movie hidden figures which is also an octavia spencer film um from yeah. the year before it is the exact same set hmm. and if you watch both films you will notice it's the exact same set um obviously and they it, just kept 
Uh, they, they just kept it built and yeah, and just decorated it. Guillermo probably Guillermo saw it and he was like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." Yeah, <laughs> I want to use that. It, one was for NASA, and this one is for some secret government facility. And I like it. I like I, hidden I figures. I like it. Yeah, hidden figures is pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, it's pretty good. I, I, I mean, the production design is phenomenal in this film. They, it won best production design for a reason. It's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, the fact that it won best production design a year when Blade Runner twenty forty nine was a thing yeah i mean that, that's, that's saying something that's really especially with a 20 million dollar budget i mean i know that sounds like a m- and lot i mean of money, I, I think i agree with it yeah like i mean blade runner has good blade runner 2049 has epic set design yeah but i don't know there's just something about like the care mm-hmm. like totally you know, even something as simple as the bathtub yeah it's like it feels very exactly like, it feels like it fits. Yes. I mean, they really just fit the vibe of the whole film and really I well. And, I mean, the costumes. I mean, not even just talking about the fish, man, but, like... Uh, yeah, no, we're not... Sally Hawkins, all of her dresses that she wears, the colors in this film, the colors are so yeah. good. This film is, like, I mean, they, they built all these sets with this green color grade in mind. Yes. So, you know, they, they're all designed to look good when you put it under that sciencey yeah but different look. different I mean, it works different area like michael shannon's house it has a very yellow color uh palette you mm-hmm. know it's very yellow and orange and it's all built like that and he wears a yellow cardigan and it's very very focused it reminded me of like amelie it's a very focused mm-hmm. colored film and i love that i think the costumes are perfect like something i noticed sally hawkins at the start of the film she wears very blue and green dresses that match the like background she's in it matches the tone of the bus when she's sitting on the bus and then later when she's falling in love she's wearing more pink and reds and purples that stand out a bit more and the colors the color palette changes in this film It it starts with a very like monochromatic look and then it moves on to like a more analogous and then all of a sudden, it ends this film with the more complimentary, with like this blue and red vibe, and I think it's it's really yeah. really uh, impressive. I, I think this is the best production design we've seen so far in this podcast, and I thought it was warranted of a seven out of six. Damn, yeah, fair enough. I'm trying to think about other insane production designs uh, we've had on this podcast. I don't know. I, I wasn't feeling the seven. I gave it the regular six out of six. The thing that uh, pushed it I to totally... a seven for me was the fish man, though. Like that costume. Because that's all a costume. Yeah. I mean, that's what pushed it. It's a it costume to me. with like visual effect enhancements. Yeah. But it is a costume. It is a costume. Because Doug Jones is in there. Yep. Being a fish man. Yeah. Yeah. I think, honestly, in terms of production design. The only real film that rivals it in my eyes is Brazil. Yeah, I agree. Brazil, I Brazil, I, yeah, like, no, Brazil, Brazil rivals has, it with production design. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, Brazil has solid production design. Uh, but I think but if yeah, we're including I gave it costumes, a six. this one boosts up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Six. I gave that it makes six, sense. But I, I respect the seven. Uh, let's move on to location selection out of six. This is kind of like a tricky category because that a lot of this film is indoors on the sets um mm-hmm, but, but i think that like some of the locations they go to like the barn thing yeah where dimitri will meet his agent yep with the and mountains the docks in the background. at the end of the, the film docks. just looks sick that is in such a perfect location 
Oh my god. Because I mean, um, this, this film is based around water for the whole film, so it makes yeah. sense that you would have the, the climax in the water, pretty much, in the ocean. Yep. Uh, and with rain. Like, uh, there's yeah. something very poetic about that that's totally. obviously very intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, the area, I mean, like, that, I guess that is kind of the barn, but they, they move different places when Michael Shannon is, like, uh, torturing that guy and he's trying to get information out of him they go up against this like on the sand yeah this grain. like sand pile with this like mountainy mm-hmm. background I, I mean i think the location selection of this film is top tier even though there may not be a lot I mean, of them even, even the street that she yeah. lives on with the theater and the very neon uh, yes. aesthetic they're good that, locations and I, I i think that you know most of it is on sets but I'm not really taking away that many points for location selection, just because when they do go on location, it's it's very fitting. They're, none of the locations are out of place. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that's very solid location selection. Yeah, I agree. I gave it a 5 out of 6. I gave it a 5 as well. You don't have to have a lot of locations to get a high mark. You just gotta like have be consistently nice epic with mm-hmm. them. Uh, yeah yeah. let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and hop into cinematography (laughs) okay we are back we are heading in cinematography out of 10 and okay yeah the cinematography is beautiful in this film it's very good and we we did silence last last time and I, I i think that this film is a clear example silence was a clear example of how location selection boosts your your cinematography and for this one it was production design boosts your mm-hmm. cinematography for sure i think this film is breathtaking to look at I yeah mean, for sure even the shots that were very simple they're boosted so much through the colors Mm-hmm. through the LUT that is used in this film, through just the overall, like, simple costumes and makeup used in this film. Even mm-hmm. if it's a static shot, it just looks so nice. I don't know. This film really it's just stunning to look at. And I love the style that this film kind of has. It's very tracking shot heavy. They're not necessarily mm-hmm. the most, like, impressive, crazy tracking shots that are going to grab your attention, but they're just very subtle camera movements you know the camera is on a crane for a lot of this film it goes it follows characters upstairs that kind of stuff and i really like that that kind of um style because i think it complements this this film very well with all these moving pieces it it, it kind of adds to the like almost sci-fi aesthetic um but also i just love the way that they shoot these locations like you were saying uh, with this green, green, like this very deeply green color grade, it just makes the lab mm-hmm. look very nice. And I mean, uh, the water that um, Fishman is in at the lab, like the the green pool, uh, makes yeah. for like a very cool first meeting kind of scene. Right. And yeah, I think that mm-hmm. overall cinematography, it's stylized very nicely. Could use with some more bokeh. Uh, but there's so much bokeh in this film dude it's gorgeous there's some beautiful bokeh there's some beautiful bokeh like say when she's on the bus but i think in the lab yeah get some more like i think the lighting in the lab is very it's very like grim which benefits 
the feel of it, but it makes it look a mm-hmm. little, maybe a bit too murky for my, like, giving it some mm-hmm. high points. But I still think that this is a very beautiful film. Uh, tough competition that year, obviously. Blade Runner 2049. Blade Runner 2049. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, there's some, like, just really nice dolly shots in this film, too, mm-hmm. that I, I just spice stuff up. Especially like, when they're cleaning. I mean... Yeah, or like when he comes out of the uh, that that lab and his fingers were just bitten off, Michael Shannon, and it does this dolly shot into him with an extreme wide angle lens. Mm-hmm. Such a cool shot. Yeah. Um, I mean, like silence is beautiful, but wasn't that creative with their movement in this cam- their camera? And I thought this film actually was creative it might not be crazy in the movement it's no children of men by any means but they were still doing stuff to spice it up you know with the tracking shots with the pans and the the tilts and just just moving the camera a bit more so that it didn't stay too static yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, also like going under the floor like going i I like i always like that if you're going through floorboards and stuff it's just a something that spices up your shots makes it look like you're doing a continuous take Mm -hmm. i like it um honestly this it it might not be a solid one but this film i think it was deserving of a 10 out of 10 for me um it i it just i i was i just think this film is amazing to look at i give it a 10 out of 10 it's very beautiful i love i i almost want to compare this film like let and like color wise to inside lou and davis because they're both very murky greens uh, yeah, and, but yeah. this is Inside Lewin Davis is too desaturated, I think. I think that because the colors are very vivid in this film. Yeah, I even agree. though it's still this murky I, color. I, yeah. I love the colors in this film, and I really love the tracking style. But I, just, I don't know. I just can't put it at the same level as Silence. I don't know. I personally, I like the outdoor stuff a lot. Uh, I gave this a 9. It's a strong 9. Uh, but yeah, 9 out of 10 mm-hmm. for cinematography very very good very beautiful film i think this film impressed me because like usually i don't like outdoor indoor stuff but like this film also they made a bus look cinematic dude like how do you do that make a bus look like absolutely gorgeous Mm -hmm. i mean yeah Mm -hmm. uh okay let's move on to editing out of eight i was you know i was like watching this film and i was like this editing there's nothing that special about it uh, but then I don't know. Just the way that there's like some of the transitions between scenes, or and some of the mystical stuff is just—it's so impressive to me. Like uh, mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite editing transitions I've seen. Period, uh, is right after she um, the the first uh, fish intimacy scene, let's call it, happens. She's riding the bus <laughs> and she's uh, like yeah. running her fingers along the. Yeah, window, like, yes. the animated raindrops to it like the follow her and yeah. then it like yeah it zooms into the droplet and you get like a kaleidoscope effect in mm-hmm. like as the transition and i was just like damn they really didn't have to do that but they did and it like no it's such a it's much gorgeous. more interesting transition uh yeah yeah i think the editing it's like above average it's it's very creative um Bro, I, also the visual effects. That's a yeah, yeah. ending. Oh, there yeah. Some the visual effects on Fishman are incredible. 
like his cr- eyes, dude. His the eyes. The way he blinks, so he blinks like sideways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Also, um, sound like the mixing. Because all the water counts too. Yeah, sound mixing is really good underwater stuff, but all the water CGI. Let's remember that. And that yeah. that water, I did not think was CGI. It is very, very good CGI water. Very impressive. I think the only um, shot that made me, like, that kind of just made me uh, think, you know, this is CGI, is the shot where he opens the door and the water spills out into the apartment. That's the only yeah. time I was like, oh wait, is that is that CGI? Like, I was like, well, that's because that's because you can't really. Oh yeah, that, no, or, you can't do that. But it but looks it's, it's real. Amazing. It looks it's real. really good. Yeah, um, especially just yeah. the final shot where they're floating down. It's just totally mm, so awesome. It is. Yeah, the the ending is definitely subtle in this film, but if you look at it, it's it's very impressive. And I there like that's one example, but some of the transitions in this film are very creative. Yeah, um, they don't resolve to just doing a cut to black or a cross dissolve. Exactly. They, they like. They do some cool stuff, some cool swipes, some just and I like mean, even, moving in. Even the transition into my standout scene, where they they slowly uh, take away the color and fade it to yeah um, to black and white and like change yeah. the lighting. Like I don't know, that's mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It's weird, but I it's quirky and I like it. I like it a lot. It just makes this film stand out and embraces the weirdness and the the yeah, uniqueness totally. of it uh i gave editing uh, i i gave it a seven percent it's a strong seven though uh yeah strong seven i agree i gave it a seven out of eight also i agree the only reason i i mean there were a couple continuity errors that i caught those are those are my only things mm. not like major but there's just a couple i was like hmm like when she they're in the washroom with michael shannon she puts down a towel and then it cuts to michael shannon you see her putting down the towel again Little things like that. I was just catching, so that mm-hmm. was really the only reason I brought it down a bit. Um, yeah, acting. Yeah. yeah, acting out of ten. I mean, this film picked up three acting noms: Sally Hawkins, Richard Jenkins, as well as Octavia Spencer. Picked up yeah. an acting nom. No wins. I thought Michael Shannon was deserving of a yeah. nomination too. I, I, I think don't his think performance that is really strong. Any of the performances deserved. Uh, like oscars but i like that they got nominated especially sally hawkins Mm -hmm. i mean in my opinion she gives the strongest performance uh she without words she manages to just give an amazing performance Mm -hmm. like her facial expressions are so detailed and just her her nuances and the way she moves the way she does everything uh it, like it, I think that this character is written very well, but it really wouldn't have come to life without this performance. You can, yeah. you know, have as a director have all this character development in your mind for this mute character, but if Sally Hawkins doesn't give an incredible performance, that character development is not going to be visible to the audience. Yeah. So I, I mean, true. I just love like the physical acting that she does. Uh, yeah and she just it feels so pure and heartfelt like she just it feels mm -hmm. she feels like such a relatable character she creates this such this character that you have so much empathy for and that you just you you it's full of heart and i love that i think it's such a beautiful performance 
I mean, yeah. obviously, Francis McDormand that year for Three Billboards won, and I think that was deserving. Oh, yeah, totally. An incredible performance. But, I mean, this this is a fantastic performance. She really nails, like, she really carries this film. Um, mm-hmm. Like, as far as, you know, I was talking about screenplay and character development, a lot of that does come from her performance, like you were saying. Um, yeah, Michael, Ch- Michael Shannon is chilling. He's terrifying. He gives a great performance. I mean, maybe his character isn't the best written character, but he he takes the the um he takes the work and he he does it. He yeah. he really pulls Michael it off. Shannon is such a he's so good at those kind of characters, like in Nocturnal yeah. Animals too. Be- amazing performance. Yeah. Uh, and you yeah. know what surprised me is this man is only forty six years old. He was like forty three when he mm. did this film. I thought he would be in his mm-hmm. like fifties or something. He just has like that. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> that like I don't know, hardened edge like southern yeah. feel. But nah, he's he's got a lot of performances left, so that's good. Um and then yeah, I mean Octavia Spencer, she doesn't do that much with her character. I think she has some funny lines. Yeah. I think her uh scene at the end with Michael Shannon is she gave a really good performance. That's the only time you really see her doing anything dramatic. Yeah, and um, Richard Jenkins is I, I do solid feel like, too. Yeah, and Doug Jones, obviously, got to talk about Doug Jones as the mm-hmm. amphibian man. Like, he is basically the um, Andy Circus of prosthetics, um, in a way. <laughs> you know, he's done so many uh, prosthetic work, and yeah. he is, you know, kind of a legend. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's basically what I would say about performances. I gave it a 9 out of 10. I don't I think g- any I performance really was too. that crazy, but... Um, yeah, I think it's definitely deserving of a 9 out of 10. It's a really strong ensemble performance from everyone. For sure. Very, very solid. Um, I'd love to see Sally Hawkins yeah. in some more dramatic roles, not in, like, Paddington, because uh, I really don't think <laughs> I've seen her in anything else uh, other than The Shape yeah. of Water that's been right notable. Uh, yeah, love to see where she goes in her career. Yeah, uh, yeah. let's yeah. move on to... I also gave it a 9% if I didn't see it. Uh, let's move on to entertainment value at a 10%. Entertainment value. I think this film is for what it is. It's, 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 it's very entertaining. entertaining. It's very yeah. fun. It's, um, I think the visuals definitely carry a lot of the entertainment for me, mm-hmm. as well as the soundtrack. Um, I definitely think there are slow moments in this film, especially the fact that, you know, we have two main characters who don't talk. There is definitely moments that feel like they're dragging a bit. Um, but I, I, I do think for what it is, it's a pretty fun film, and I, I enjoyed rewatching it. I mean, I hadn't seen this film in like three and a half years, but I still yeah. really enjoyed watching it, and I had fun with it. Yeah, I hadn't seen it since it won Best Picture, and I had to check out the, the Fish movie. Uh, and it, it was honestly like a pleasant surprise. I remember the first time I watched it, I, I think I was decently bored. Like I didn't have the greatest first viewing experience, but I, you know, this time around it was, it kept me entertained the whole time. I was listening to the score and enjoying it. I was impressed by all the, mm-hmm. uh, technical aspects of it. Um, but you know, the, the story is not necessarily the most captivating, intense story out there. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I I don't think it's incredible in entertainment value, but it's definitely very solid. Two hour runtime. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got some rewatchability too. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I enjoyed this more 
on my second viewing as well, which is saying something. Maybe it grows on you the more you watch it. I, uh, yeah. I, also, I went into it the first time watching it kind of like pissed that it won Best Picture because I hadn't seen it <laughs> yet until after it won Best Picture. True. Um, yeah, but I, I, yeah, I think it's a fun film. I enjoyed rewatching it. It is, you know, f- it's cool. It's a cool film. And if you're open minded and if you go into this with just like a, acceptance of what it is and you know there there's some some weird stuff going on in this film if you can accept that and you can just enjoy it i mean i think i think a lot of people will actually really love this film i mean this film kind of feels like it's a classic you know yeah it has this like classic 60s film vibe to it and if i feel like this is a movie that you know 30 years from now is going to be considered a classic um, yeah, and that's sure. that's something special. That's something special. Yeah, I give it an eight out of ten for entertainment value. I gave an eight as well. Uh, so yeah, nice. Let's move on and finish things up with overall technical achievement. Uh, yep. I mean, out this film is very technically impressive. Uh, mm-hmm. I it definitely has some of my favorite cinematography and my favorite editing that we've seen so far. I feel like we haven't seen mm-hmm. that many greatly edited yeah, films yet edited films, i think yeah. raging mm-hmm. bull and honestly i'm thinking ending things are up there for me uh just because mm-hmm. i'm thinking ending things sure. has like such like a it sets like such a weird pace with its editing it's very subtle yeah. too uh so you know we haven't really had anything that i've truly been impressed by on that front so definitely one of the mm-hmm. better edited films and yeah i overall think that all the technical aspects carry this film the visual effects are great the the sets are yep. great uh i mean yeah sound mixing Soundtrack. is very well done yeah all the shots are clean i mean i think that this is deserving of a 14 percent. i agree i think it is deserving of 14 if i'm looking at my scores you know 10 for cinematography seven for editing seven for soundtrack you know i gave it that extra point for production design i mean yeah i mean it makes sense for me, 14 out of 15, sweet. Mm-hmm. All right, let's um, take a quick break, and then we'll tally up our final scores and spin the wheel for next spin week. Spin the wheel. Yeah. Nice. Okay. All right. We got it. our final scores ready for yes, the, we the Shape of Water. 2017 what'd you give it overall okay this movie scored way higher than i was expecting it to um i don't know this film wowed me on second viewing i think it was i don't know i just it's it's much better than a masterpiece it's like a kind of it's it's gonna be a classic of modern cinema looking Um, back and yeah maybe the screenplay isn't that um enticing or that interesting but it is you know just a really solid film with some really just beautiful technical achievement um yeah i gave the shape of water an 89 percent um weirdly this is my third 89 in a row um nocturnal animal third 89 Silence, in a row and now the shape of water um 89, was nocturnal man. animals really no we did inside lou and davis in between oh okay okay so it's not so... my third in 89 in a row but um yeah Got not quite cracking the 90 barrier nice not quite yeah uh i gave the shape of water not quite as high uh but i gave it an 87 percent so 87 
that obviously averages out to an 88 and edges out in glorious bastards squeezing Ooh. into the top five Ooh. so uh yeah Damn. we got a very solid top five films now um yes yeah, yes we do it's gonna be tough to break in to the top five you're gonna need an average of over 88 percent now so yeah yeah looking solid our list is looking very solid we've reviewed some such a wide variety of films i'm excited to see where we're gonna end up next and get out as we mentioned earlier is gonna be going on get out it's going uh, on the wheel Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah um okay well i got the wheel pulled up here let's just let's let's do this dude uh yeah let's do this new screen recording okay and we are spinning in three, two, one. Here we go. Mmm, where are we landing on? Ooh, oh, ooh. We have landed on Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Ooh, I love, I love this film. I love Charlie Kaufman. Say that, dude. This movie uh, is so heartbreaking. It's just oh, yeah. It's I don't so... know if I'm emotionally ready to rewatch this film, <laughs> but I'm gonna have to be. I gotta do it for the podcast. You gotta do it uh, for the podcast. It's a beautiful. It's, beauti- it's a beautiful film. It really is. It's a beautiful film. Um, yeah. I got the plot synopsis here. Okay. Ready to go. <clears throat> Joel and Clementine begin a relationship post a train journey together unaware that they had previously been in a relationship the memories of which were clinically erased mm-hmm. got a little bit yeah. dystopian um it's yeah, like a love is... story in reverse almost, yeah it, if that it's, makes it's sense. definitely weird how the film plays out but it is it's not you know it's not crazy it, it's a little crazy but it's not i'm thinking of ending things you know it's definitely more enjoyable for the average audience um <laughs> it's yeah not quite as pretentious as i'm not thinking. quite as pretentious sure. not nearly yeah um this movie is on netflix i know that so everyone yeah. who hasn't seen eternal sunshine or you know you gotta wants get to rewatch on it. it go you watch eternal sunshine on. spotless mind it's a fantastic film it's on netflix you don't have an excuse go watch it and yeah, yeah. that's going to be our 22nd movie so there you go get out is now on the wheel also uh, yeah, that pretty much wraps up our review of The Shape of Water. Uh, great scores all around, and next week we'll be doing Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, so tune in to Nice. That. Okay, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Slightly Qualified Film Students. Make sure to tune in next week for a new film discussion and review. Our theme song is Slightly Sexy by Thompson Springs. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a like. Send us feedback and comments as well as your thoughts on the film. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at S underscore Q underscore F underscore S. If you would like to send us a question or a comment for next week's episode, you can email us at sqfilmstudents at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Bye.